The Godcast with Josh Fritz, where the scripture is honored, the lost are warned, the saints are fortified, false teachers are exposed, and the Lord Jesus Christ is glorified. Here's your host, Josh Fritz. This is Josh Fritz with the Godcast here. Episode 46, episode 46. It is a Thursday, a Thursday afternoon, and uh, I just have just a brief couple of minutes. I just want to talk about things that are up ahead here on the Godcast. So uh, this will be a short episode. I'm going to be talking about today um, false teachers. Again, I'm going to be doing that. But what I'm also going to be talking about is finding old church notes. You know, I've had an episode about this a while ago. If you look on the archives in the BibleThumpingWingnut.com, you'll find out where uh, I talk about this. But uh, today, it's also a little bit different. I should be on Periscope uh, today, right now. So what I've done is I've abandoned my other uh, broadcasting uh, software, OBS, and I'm starting to use XSplit. So hopefully XSplit works. And you see a little bit different, uh, see me a little bit different here. I got the mic in my face, which is good. And I have the, uh, you know, the camera's working just good, and I fixed out the background a little bit. So I'm happy with that. Um, basically, though, what I want to talk about today are a few things. Um, there's a lot of false teaching around there. And number one, here on the Godcast and anywhere else where you're finding out information concerning the Scriptures and finding out how to better your walk, your Christian life, um, the best way you can do that is personal study, personal Bible study, personal time spent with the Lord every morning. And here on the Godcast, what I'm trying to say is that this has to be done on my life too, in my life too. Am I perfect? Am I a perfect Christian? Well, there is no such thing on this earth as a perfect Christian. There will be one day uh, we will be made perfect, not because of our cells, but because of the perfection of Jesus Christ. So positionally before God, we've been justified. Sanctifying work of God as well is what's displayed in our life, our sanctification, our walk with the Lord. So that depends on us as well, as well as the fact that we have been sanctified by God, we've been set apart. So just those things right out in the, uh, the outset there, you don't want to lead people astray. And that's what I'm that's what I intend to not do. I do not want to lead people astray. I don't want to let them go down a trail and say, oh, Josh says here is right, and he's he's saying the right things. He's saying everything right. I can, at times, make mistakes. And the best way to measure someone's mistakes is the fact that they're willing to admit them, number one. And they're also willing to go back to the Scripture. And that's what I would love for you to do. Anything that I say here on the Godcast, check it with the Scripture. We're not always 100% right. We're fallible men. Men are fallible. Men make mistakes. Women make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We're not creatures that are perfect in and of our own strength, our own self. So I want to start off the Godcast just like that, because what I'm about to tell you is about what I found and one of my, one of the weirdest things, I'm, I'm in my backyard. I'm closing things down. I had a pool that I put up for my kids, 
uh, a couple months ago for the summer and probably got to enjoy it maybe a handful of times, not that many times because they're not here uh, you know, throughout the week. They're only here once or twice a week. And, you know, I had a couple of, a couple of times we spent time in the pool. It was great. And uh, it's time to shut it all down. It's getting cooler out and everything's got to get, you know, cleaned out. I go in my shed and my shed has has everything in there. It has your, your lawnmower, your snowblower, it has everything. I put everything out there. Um, the bikes are in there, all types of tools and uh, very limited space, but uh, not really much organization in there, which I'm working on. And I'm going through, I have filing cabinets that I put in there when I first moved to this house, and that's coming up on two years, which is amazing to me. Um, so I'm looking through, I'm going, thumbing through some things. I find some documents of which, I'm, you know, break my heart, some uh, some statements and uh, bank statements and stuff like that, and things I just got to get to and just shred because it's it's not, not of any use right now. And... Of course, the heartbreaking documents, uh, of which you know my past, they're still in there. They're filed away. And uh, But uh, if you don't know, it's concerning the divorce uh, in my life. I'm going through that. Then I'm thumbing through there, and I thought I had had all my notes, or I lost most of my notes for a while. I had notes, church notes, you know, back from when I was a kid. You know, there's notes back there, notes in my handwriting from when I was like an 11-year-old, 12-year-old. And these things are these things are precious because... Some of them got ruined by rain, some of them got ruined by water, and just, it's just, oh, it's not there no more. But, but I did find something of which I didn't really document when I made this, but a couple of years ago, I mean, a couple, probably 10, I'll just say easily 10 years ago, maybe more, uh, I typed out some notes that we went over in my church and sermons that my pastor had preached a long time ago when we were in Romans. Now, we just recently went back into Romans, and this is the latter part of Romans that he finished. So this has to be probably around the time before I even got married the first time. So that happens. So it's on false teachers, and it's all based off of Romans 16, verse 17, concerning false teachers. And I want to read that scripture in which it's there, and it's this is meant to be encouraging because it's going to spell the case out for false teachers and how to, uh, what their M.O. are. What What is their M.O. and the modus operandi? What do they do? Well, it's based off of this verse, we had a study in my church a long time ago, and I want to read this to you because I found these notes, and they're encouraging in the sense that you need to be made aware of this. You know, you need to be made aware, and not that we don't, um, we don't love our enemies, we should, but we should love the truth. And loving the truth is what will, and living the truth, frankly, is what will help. So Paul has is, is left all these greetings to the people in chapter 16. He's saying, greet these people who've done all this work. But then he says here to close, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, and I rejoice, so I rejoice, of you. But I want you to be wise 
about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Okay, and he goes on, he's, he's speaking about Timothy and Tertius and Gaius and Erastus and all other brothers that are doing the work. But I wanted to stop there because this scripture is important. There's other supporting scriptures that speak to this. False teachers, they're teaching, and if you just were, you heard me say this word, they're full of flattery. They observe what pleases mankind and tell the people what they want to hear. Now, from Jeremiah 6.13, it says, From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, where there is no peace. Teachings full of flattery. Words, right? Empty words. Their ambition is financial. So this is the Old Testament speaking here. Michael, Michael, Micah 3, 9 through 11. Hear this, you leaders of the house of Jacob, you rulers of the house of Israel, who despise justice and distort all that is right, who build Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with wickedness. Her leaders judge for a bribe. There's your financial there. Her priests teach for a price. And our prophets tell fortunes for money. Yet they lean upon the Lord and say, Is not the Lord among us? No disaster will come upon us. Titus 1.10 and 11. For there are many rebellious people, mere talkers and deceivers, especially of those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced, because they are ruining whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach, and that for the sale of dishonest gain. 1 Timothy 6, 3 and 5. If anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, he is conceited and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy interest to controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of corrupt mind, who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Hope I didn't lose you there. Their lives are desolate. Isaiah 28, 7. And those who stagger from wine and reel from beer, priests and prophets stagger from beer and are befuddled with wine. They reel from beer, they stagger when seeing visions, they stumble when rendering decisions. Jeremiah twenty three fourteen. And among the prophets of Jerusalem I have seen something horrible. They commit adultery and live a lie. <coughs> they strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one turns from his wickedness. They are all like Sodom to me. The people of Jerusalem are like Gomorrah. Indeed, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, declares the Lord. They tell them and lead my people astray with their reckless lies. Yet I did not send or appoint them. They do not benefit these people in the, in the least, declares the Lord. Their consciences are dulled. Their aim becomes deception. They lead mankind further away from God instead of closer to God. See, this is this is important to me because I don't want to fall into that category, right? You don't want to fall into that category. You don't want to become dull or you, you don't want to become numb to the problems in your own life. You want to confess them and be open with God. And their aim, a false teacher's aim, is going to be to deceive. See, one thing's going on over here, but another is going on over here, not being shown to everybody else. 
I've been pretty open about my life here on this, on the Godcast here. I'm not the perfect person. Um, I'm not a, uh, I can attest to you that I've failed as a husband at one point. Um, and that's being honest, you know, being honest about it, being honest up front, doing things in the marriage that are not right. Um, not listening to your spouse, to name a few, uh, to to disregard them and to dis- be dismissive, to exert um, power in, in the sense that you are the one responsible, yes, for your home, but it's also marriage, I believe, is a partnership. And, uh, you know, not that I take this time to say bad things about my ex-wife, which I, I won't do, um, but there are instances in which we're both at fault you know that's just that's, that's just the way it is and we're sinners and that's sinners are that are in need of God's forgiveness that are in need of repentance and forgiveness and you know I could go th- I could rehash all the history that I've done on previous podcasts and it'll come from time to time we'll talk about it but I don't want to take away from the fact that God holds us men responsible for our homes, and uh, I've failed. And the only thing I can do from this point forward is to please God the best I possibly can. Uh, To tell you that to not follow through on your instincts that you think are right without measuring them up against the Scripture. And why am I talking about false teachers and then my life at the same time? Well, I don't want to lead a false life. I don't want to lead a false understanding of who I am, and I believe I've done that in the past. This is why I have this platform to to share the truth of God's Word, but also to share the truth of my life. And uh, there have been friends along the way that I have led astray in earlier part of my life. And part of that confession right now is to be honest with you. And I used to, and I said this before in a previous podcast where I said I used to just drive the scripture at people without living that same scripture myself. Now, what hypocrisy is that? And I take, today is very different where I take it, not only seriously, I take it in the sense that the very words of God here are never going to die out. My words are going to die out. God's word will never die out. And what better should I do is to tell you about God's words. It's more important than what I think, than what I say, than what I do. It's it's also important what you do with the scripture that you know. Do you drive it in people's faces? If someone's not willing to listen to it, let them go. Let them go. They don't want to listen to it, just stop. Not that you want to stop your ministry, I'm not saying that, but if someone says, look, I've had enough, I don't believe you're belief system, I don't believe anything that you're talking about, why waste time and try to struggle with them? And that's what I'm trying to say here. There are people that have just vehemently opposed me all the way and want to continue that. Why waste my air? It's better to use that same air, your breath, to pray for them. And that's what you should do. You should pray for these people that vehemently oppose you. You should still love them. You should still be kind to them. This is what the Lord would want you to do, but you don't have to spend the time there trying to plead with them and trying to make them understand. Believe me, I've tried that. I've tried, I've I've confessed before them, look, I've treated you horribly. I want to treat you right, and they still don't want to hear it. What do you do then? You pray for them, and you move on. You know, you can't 
you cannot reason with somebody who's not willing to be reasonable. So that's one way of contending with that. Here's a message from Tim Hurd, the Bible-thumping wingnut guy on the Builder's Summit. Ah, what is the One Minute Man? This is a One Minute Man video series. It's time to act like a man. Yo, it's the One Minute Man Show! It's a lot of confusion out there. Well, there's a lot of ideas today on what it means to be a man. What a man acts like, shouldn't do, should do. The reason for the One Minute Man video series is to help men be godly men. To live their lives in a way that glorifies God, first and foremost. That's the One Minute Man. For your edification and enjoyment. It's the One Minute Man video series. Be the man. Daily videos for your edification. As a man, a biblical man. want to be a godly man <clears throat> then don't drive like an idiot don't drive like a dum-dum don't travel in the left hand lane with your right right blinker on don't put your four-way flashers on in the rain don't pull over in the rain learn to drive <laughs> want to be a man learn to drive learn to back up learn you know some people don't even know how to back up their vehicles for more information on how to be a man go to builderssummit.org that's what you need to do be a man and check out that website builderssummit.org Coming to you today from the One Minute Man video mobile studio. Yes, here we are. One minute to tell you something that will help you be a man, a godly man that will bring glory to our Heavenly Father. And today I wanted to tell you that today's tip is do not put your family first. Do not put your wife first. Put your relationship with the Lord first. Focus on your relationship with the Lord, and then you will be far more effective in all the other relationships in your life. Put God first. Put God first in all that you do. Feed yourself spiritually. Take care of that first and foremost. That's pretty much what we're going to be talking about at the Builders Summit. Go to builderssummit.org for more information. Builderssummit.org. Here, moving forward into the origin of apostates. Apostates are people that have embraced the truth, that have tasted of the Word of God, right? Have, have enjoyed the fellowship, that have enjoyed the understanding of the Scripture. So we, so, so we, so we say, right? Well, first, they knew the truth of the New Testament, right? They know the truth of the Bible. Then something happens where it might be an experience, it might be something that causes them to be unfaithful or uh, don't believe God anymore. They repudiate the truth. They, they, they become 
Uh, they're repulsed by it. They hate it, mainly. They are within themselves. Actually, this is actually in some places in local churches where people apostatize, and that's it. They want nothing to do with it, and then they eventually they fall off, right? Many are nurtured, and they're trained in the church. Paul warns the Ephesian elders. I'm going to watch my tongue here. Acts 20, 25 to 31. Now I know that none of you are among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. See, you have Paul warning the people at Ephesus, he's telling them with tears, there's going to be a number of men that arise within their own member that's going to cause trouble and distorting the truth in order to draw away from each other. There are people out there that are dead set on doing that too. Here's a contrast though. Those that are standing up for the truth, those that are standing up for it week in and week out, and pastors that do this constantly, I commend them, I, I love these people, they do, they do this in the way that pleases God. They rebuke a people for their sin. They point the way of righteousness. They expose the word of God to the believers. They preach the gospel of grace to the unsaved. And most importantly, by their life, they obey the word of God. False teachers that are among you are self-appointed. They're teaching things that are biblically true, so they will appear to be true on the surface, but they're cleverly including false teaching alongside of it. Satan has a good way of doing this, and it's not a good way. You know, I'm just saying it in the sense that it's clever. It's nothing good about it. They're living in a manner which introduces error, which takes away many to perdition, which is also meaning the word waste. Not following the clear message of the word of God. So there's something wrong in the life, Okay. Damnable heresies, First, uh, me, 2 Peter 2, one. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. A, damnable dest- means destructive. Ruin. Loss of everything that makes human existence worthwhile. So this is what this is what heresies are, right? Heresies are an opinion contrary to the so that is usually received. Subverting believers, right? Destroying the spiritual lives of believers. Lost my uh, big screen here. Let's see if I can get it back. I have another screen up here that has everything here for me to see. Hopefully I can get it back. Got 
turn my screensaver off is what I got to do. I should have it back in a second. There it goes. Okay. Back to what I was saying. Heresies are an opinion contrary to what is usually received, subverting believers, deceiving them, destroying the spiritual lives of believers and the moral lives of believers. How do we know what is false, right? How do we know what is false versus what is in error? You have to know the truth better and better. One dangerous way Satan deals with us is through false teachers. Since the fall of mankind, the devil has tempted men not to believe God, not to obey God. Those are two big things there. The true teacher preaches the message of the Bible. The false teacher preaches what he thinks the Bible is saying or teaching. And here's a note here. Mankind falls away from God's teaching. He gave us the law, told us how to live. The law brought us to sin and a savior. He gave man a narrow way, tells us what he wants. And uh, something that you could do on your own is to read Psalm 148. It'll speak to that. To sift out, to investigate what they say. It's hard for men to be different from each other. Men don't like to be the odd man out. False teachers do do not suddenly appear. They don't stand for truth. Another instance in which we have here the apostles. Where Where do they stand on this? The apostles give the warnings and the prophets. You can include them in this. The, the, the prophets and the apostles, they say the warnings and, and they have exhortations, encouragements, right? False teachers do not preserve the way. The apostles' messages are, we read this already in Second Peter, their message is the, the, to preserve the purity of the truth, the purity of the faith, to contend for the faith, that have once and forever have been committed to them to defend the faith. So we find that in Jude as well. They do not let the faith become adulterated, meaning they don't they don't let it get perverted. Okay, perverted in the sense that the faith is being uh, portrayed the wrong way. It's being uh, lived out the wrong way, and it's opposed to the scripture. They don't let that happen. Okay, or they they point it out. The world, so you have the apostles' role in this, and here's the, here's the world and how the world sees this, right? They are in godlessness themselves. They're involved in vices. They're involved in immorality. They're involved in loose living, right? They're lawlessness in what they do. The same way, they, that's just like Sodom and Gomorrah. When the Lord came into the world, he saw this, that these people, they were living to the flesh, which is also foul and ugly, right? And here's the here's the reality of which, I don't like to say this, but this is true. And this is the church at large. The church is hesitant, doubtful, uncertain, afraid, and they have a bleak future. They're impotent when looking at the world. And here's the, here's the big, 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 big issue here. You'll have people that'll sit on the sidelines, or you'll have people that'll speak up. The people that sit on the sidelines, they have no message of condemnation or a call to repentance. Well, there's a correction for that. The correction for that is that truth matters more than unity. I'm going to say that again. Truth matters more than unity. The purity of the faith is twofold. 
truth, and to contend for the faith. Jude 1 through 3. Let's read this scripture together because this scripture not only speaks to the security of the believer, but it also speaks to where we should be. We've got to fight. There's a battle on our hands, not against people, not against persons. It's against error. It's against Satan, right? It's against uh, principalities and powers. And we're supposed to put on the whole armor of God to withstand all of that, right? But we're also to know that we're to contend for the faith. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. Mind you, he's a half-brother of the Lord. To those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge to you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. He's the half-brother of Jesus, but a servant here. Here in this scripture, Jude calls readers sanctified, beloved brothers, true brothers. They're called as well. News, the news is evil and misguided people. Hearing destructive teaching. Conviction is to be at a watch, right? We're supposed to be convicted about this. Christian faith was given to us, the patriarchs, to the prophets, to the apostles, through Christ, the apostles to the first, second, and third centuries, to the present. This same understanding in the scripture, right? The scripture's been passed down. It's unchangeable. We do not have to rediscover the Christian faith. The center of faith is in Jesus Christ. Excuse me one second. (coughs) The church, the faith must be defended because of the attacks. We have to hand the doctrine to the next generation. These are from my notes. I'm gathering from these notes that we had. So the church, we have to defend the faith because of these attacks that are out there. But we also have to hand the doctrine, we have to hand this teaching on to our children. This has to be handed down to the next generation. What are we doing about that? You got to be aware of this. I have a son in school that's, you know, he's hearing false teaching from the schools. You have to, uh, you have to understand that. And, Listen, we can have a conversation on homeschooling and this, which has been in the threads lately. I'm not having that conversation now. You're in the world, and you're in, you're in the midst of all uh, people that are uh, opposing views that are out there. You have to be able to take those views and bring them under under the subjection of Jesus Christ and the obedience of Christ. It says here to contend means to defend. It also means to to struggle for, to be intense, defeat the opposition. The Greek word here is agonize, right? It's agony to defend for the faith. It's an athletic term, and it may be costly. You may lose friends over this, right? The body of doctrine is perfect and complete. I have four more pages of which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stifle for now and perhaps pick this up maybe later today. I'll come jump back on, or I will uh, come back uh, in another episode, and we'll we'll finish this. But I want to stop there. That this is a battle that we're in for with false teachers. Not that we we're jumping and being offensive on it. We're being defensive. We're defending the faith. We're not out looking for fights, right? Uh, no one out here. I'm not looking to fight anybody. I'm looking to just state the truth in love, to speak the truth in love, so that you would 
to win people over to know the Lord. And uh, only God can give that increase. Only God can call people to himself. But this is what happens. When I go into the into my shed and I find these old notes, amongst other documents that are depressing, this is something that's encouraging because it's a blessing to be able to know the God we serve and to have these notes, to go over the old notes that you come up with. I have to look, and I'll let you know when I found these. This has to be from the early 2000s. And, you know, they, it, these notes are great because they, it reminds us that we're in a battle here. We're not battling flesh and blood. We're battling principalities and powers, and we're fighting against the evil in this world, and the only way you fight against them is with truth. And uh, I'll leave you with a quote which... Uh, a good uh, brother in the Lord shared with me uh, is that truth seems to be slow and error seems to be fast. And uh, it seems like truth is so slow in catching up to to uh, error. Uh, but one at one point, uh, truth, when it gets up to error, it seems that way. It's not the case. Truth is always going. Truth is always marching on, right? Truth, when it catches up to error, smashes it to smithereens and i'm paraphrasing everything here it's not exactly there but it's along those lines of what he said and sure enough that is true so uh, what what's the encouragement from this don't lead people astray number one number two recognize there's a battle deal with it internally first between you and god you have any sin in your life you have anything in your life that's separating the fellowship repent be a man repent be a be a person that wants to honor god and be a, a one that wants to lead other people to Christ. And uh, I've I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The only way you're going to know more about the Scripture is applying yourself. you got to exert. you got to work out what you know in Scripture. you got to work it out in your own life. How much of God's Word have you looked into this week? What have you been in? What have, what have you been reading? What have you been studying? If you can't come up with an answer, that's a problem. Your, your life has to be surrounded by God and by men and women who follow God. Uh, let me talk to you about something briefly, which is uh, something that's coming up in November on the, concerning the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network and concerning the Bible Thumping Wingnut himself, Tim Hurd, and considering what's going on in the world today is the Builder Summit. Go to thebuildersummit.org, and that where you will find out on November 8th there will be a Builder Summit in Pennsylvania, and uh, I want to invite you to, to come, to join there, and uh, to know that uh, this will be a time centered around the truth of God's Word and what it's like to be a man. Check that out, builderssummit.org. Uh, many featured guest speakers there. Uh, I will be joining that as well, uh, Lord willing, and uh, I look forward to meeting people that are on this network uh, for the first time. I've met two already. Uh, and be willing to meet more, and uh, we'll be rejoicing in Jesus Christ. I know that for sure. So with that, November 8th uh, through the 10th will be the buildersummit.org. Go to that website there. If you go to the BibleThumpingWingnut.com, that video will be right there in the beginning there, and you can check that out. Uh, on here on the Godcast, you can reach me at 631-209-7457. That's the hotline. Live Bible Studies 412 uh, gmail.com is the email. And on top of that, you have uh, other ways of reaching me on Patreon as well. Uh, I have launched a Patreon account. I would truly appreciate it if you'd want to share in this ministry. It would be a blessing. But also share to the Bible Thumping Wingnut as well. He's provided a way for me to be on the YouTube channel. And uh, hopefully uh, one day 
you'll see more uh, content from me. I'm looking to have guests on this podcast, of which 40-somewhat episodes, and I haven't had a guest yet. So I have to get that under my belt. And uh, I do have a first guest. I just have to logistically put it up and set it up together. And your help would be great. If you, again, if you uh, join here on, on Patreon for the Godcast, um, you will get, for $10, you'll get a Bible and uh, and also exclusive understanding of me giving a personal video. I haven't done one yet because I haven't had a patron yet. So uh, if I get one, then uh, we'll start making these videos in which we'll be talking about exclusive content here only on the Godcast. So I appreciate your help. I actually would love for you to pray for this ministry and hopefully it would reach other people. And uh, I just thank you for taking the time out of your afternoon to listen. I know it's an odd day for me to be on. The other day I was uh, working late, so did not have the time to get on on Tuesday night, so I apologize for that. But uh, looking forward to uh, the second half of this. We'll talk about it some more. Perhaps I'll come jump back on tonight. Uh, if not, uh, we'll see you next year, next time here on the Godcast. God bless you guys. I love you. All right, by now you've gone through the podcast, you've listened to everything. I just want to share with you something that uh, blessed me the other day. Adam Staub, the host of the Shine His Lights Kids Cast and Shine His Lights Podcast, and Dustin Seegers of Bible in the Raw, had like a little exchange on Facebook, and they were talking about Shane and Shane, and I didn't know who they were. Amazing how I didn't know who they were, but here's a song to close out this podcast with... Uh, the title is Psalm 34, Taste and See. This is the one that I found that I thought was amazing. God bless you. I sought the Lord And He answered me And delivered me From every those who look on him are radiant. Never be ashamed. Never be ashamed. This poor man died, and the Lord heard me and saved me.
Oh